Welcome to the Advanced Training Podcast, episode number 10. This episode is one that everyone needs to hear. Unfortunately, most people are not going to want to hear it. And even more people than that are probably going to shut it off before we get to the critical parts because it's too complicated. If, if you got a pen and a paper, go grab it and start writing stuff down. Now, to make this a little simpler, I'm going to start it off with a story. I'm going to give you, and not story, let's say three different scenarios. In scenario number one, you and your best buddy, we'll call him Joe, decide to go on the same exact diet. You're the same exact uh, weight. You guys are doing the same exact workouts, except Joe, for whatever reason, loses five pounds and 2% body fat, and you gain two pounds and gain 1% body fat. So this ends up with you feeling fat and uh, you putting Joe in a headlock and beating the heck out of him because of extreme jealousy. Scenario number two, you've let yourself go over the last few years. You think back to two years ago when you had a, maybe a six-pack, maybe a four-pack, who knows, but you were feeling good about yourself. You didn't feel uncomfortable going to the beach with your shirt off. You say, you know what, let me dig up that old diet. Let me look at what I did. Look, let me look at my old workout program. You do the same exact thing that you did two years ago, and the end result, ugh, you gain two pounds, you put on 2% body fat, you hate the world. Scenario number three, you decide, you know what, this is it. I've been a slacker my whole life. This is the time. This is it. I'm going to make a change. No more not working out. No more eating like crap. I'm going to go, and I'm going to eat less. I could be eating too much food, and I'm going to work out more. So you go to the gym. You hit the treadmill. You're jogging miles. I don't know. You're doing two weightlifting sessions a day. You start to lose weight for about two weeks, and then bang, nothing. Nothing. No progress. So you know what? I'm going to work out a little more. Maybe, maybe that two days off you took a week becomes zero. Maybe the uh, 2,200 calories becomes 1,800. You figure this is it. No brainer. I'm eating less. I have to lose weight. Eh. Nothing. You hit a wall. Worse yet, you gain weight. So what is this all about? right? What is this all about? So any person who knows a little bit about this stuff will say, look, man, this is simple. All right? This is a simple mathematical equation. Your changes in weight is really just calories in minus calories out. It's that simple. But the truth is, it's not that simple. There are a lot of complexities in this energy equation, right? So in theory, if you eat less energy than you expend, you should lose weight. And if you do the exact opposite, if you eat more energy than you expend, you should gain weight. But that's not always the truth. It's not always the truth. And before I go any further, I have to give credit where credit is due. A lot of the things that I'm about to talk about right now come from a company called Precision Nutrition. They are experts in the field. I know it is something that my own nutritionist, Dr. Tom, uh, it's a company that, that he listens to, talks to some of their factors, like doc, uh, founders like Dr. John Rousseau. So this is real good information. It is not just me making it up. And again, I'm not going to claim that this is my own, but it's hopefully going to help you. I know it's helped me in the last few months as I've been looking back and reflecting. I was in that scenario too. Let me go back to where I was two years ago and see why I've gained a couple pounds or my body fat percent is off. Let me do the same exact thing. I was in that mode. But after looking at this research, at a minimum, it's given me peace of mind. For you, at a minimum, when you walk away from this podcast, you should realize, hey, this is complicated. Hey, maybe I should calm down a little bit. And hey, just because I am uh, not getting the, the, I'll say, gains that I want and someone else is doing the same thing, I am not a loser. All right? I am not a loser. So let's, let's break this down into itty-bitty chunks to make this simple. So let's start with the formula. The formula is changes in body stores 
equal energy in minus energy out. And we're using the term body stores because body stores deals with tissues that are available for breakdown. That's fat, muscle, organs, bone. This excludes water. Now, water is extremely, extremely complicated. I challenge you right now. I challenge you right now. Go into your bathroom, get on your scale, weigh yourself. Go downstairs, drink 16 ounces of water, get back on the scale, see if you gained any weight. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I'll guarantee you that you gained about a pound. Depending on how accurate your scale is, how well you're putting that water in the cup, you're gaining about a pound. Go do it again. Now you've gained another pound. Now imagine how many mornings you've woke up, woken up really angry that you gained a pound or really pumped up that you lost two pounds, right? I, if you're like me, I weigh myself every single day. I weigh myself multiple times a day. And what I've realized recently is that that water weight, that fluctuates heavily by how much you're drinking, how much you're excreting. So when you're dealing with uh, one to two pounds, it's not a lot to freak out about. Also, if you're weighing yourself and doing body composition, you really want to make sure that you're taking it at the same time every day, hopefully have a routine, after you've done the same thing every day. So, uh, like one day, don't drink two glasses of water and then go weigh yourself, and the next day, drink four glasses of water and then go weigh yourself. You need to have consistency in your testing. I'm sorry for uh, the tangent that I just went on, but really, if you don't test yourself consistently, now you're dealing with all these variables, one of them being water, how much you've taken in or how much you've let out, and that could be a pretty big variable when it comes down to uh, what your body weight is. All right, so we're really talking about our our changes in body stores for the majority of this conversation and also understand that weight itself is not the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope you're not someone who is just thinking about, I need to trim 10 pounds. 10 pounds of what? 10 pounds of muscle? 10 pounds of fat? 10 pounds of bone? What is it that you want to get rid of? For me, for me, hopefully for everyone on this podcast, I want to get rid of as much fat as possible. I want to keep as much bone density as possible. I want to keep as much muscle mass as possible. All right, so that's the type of thing we're talking about with body comp. And all of those things and how you lose them vary based on a number of parameters, right? Your hormone levels, the macros that you're taking in, your exercise style, your age, all of those things, you know, a calorie is not a calorie. All of those things are going to impact the type of body composition that you have. So let, let's get into this body changes in stores, sorry, changes in body stores equals energy in minus energy out equation. Energy in minus energy out equation. Okay, so if I go to energy in, this is the actual formula for energy in. It's actual calories eaten minus actual calories not absorbed. Well, First of all, actually, actual calories eaten is a tough thing for people to actually measure. First of all, people are very bad at estimating what they've eaten. I went to dinner with a guy. I watched him eat what I would say was a 16-ounce uh, ribeye. I think he cut off like, uh, let's say, a quarter of it. And then I looked at his, uh, my fitness pal, and he put in like an 8-ounce ribeye. Like he was, he was off. He was off. And imagine that for the entirety of the dinner. Now, what you think you've eaten is not what you've actually eaten. Now, let's say you're super meticulous. Uh, maybe you have a scale and you weigh your protein. Great. But let's just say that you're eating some processed foods. Those food labels can be off. They're allowed to be off. Imagine if they're all off and they're over by 15%. Now, over the course of a day or a week, you've eaten 15% more than you've actually eaten. 
So this energy in, this actual calories eaten, it's not always what you think it is. And then let's talk about the calories not absorbed, all right? And the amount we absorb, uh, it's really about how much we store, how much we use, all right? How much we store, how much we use. So the food that you eat has to be digested and processed by our own unique bodies, meaning that not all people digest food the same way, not all people process food the same way. And think about this, we, we talk about uh, something, there's two things we say, is you can't, can't train your mouth, and digestion starts in the mouth. So really, for me, eating the right way, dieting the right way, starts by how you start to chew your food. That's like point number one, right? How you, how you chew your food. So when you get that food, don't just inhale it because it's, you're actually going to help your body digest this food if you're chewing it the right way. I'm not going to get into the, uh, all the complexities of it, but as you are starting to chew, your body's releasing digestive enzymes, and the more you chew your food, not, not only is it more broken down inside your intestines, but there's more digestive enzymes in your, in your intestines to help you begin to process this food. Now, if you are eating minimally processed foods, you're going to absorb less energy. And that's from carbs and fats because those things are harder to digest. Now, if you have more processed foods, you're going to absorb more energy, right? So, essentially, the more processed foods are, the more digestion is already done for you. So, try to eat less processed foods, right? Because they're going to, the more, the less processed they are, the less cal, uh, the more calories you're going to need to actually digest them as part of this process. So a Twinkie is going to be is more obviously more processed than a potato, right? They may be a, a high source of, I don't know, I'll use for lack of a better word, carbohydrates, right? There's sugars in that Twinkie, but they're both the same amount of carbs, but that, that potato has to be digested by your body, and it's harder to digest because it's not processed. That Twinkie's easy, all the processing there is there, it's hard to digest. Okay. <coughs> Sorry for the cough. All right. You also absorb more or less energy based on the bacteria that you have in your gut. So you've heard people talk about probiotics. Uh, you've heard people talk about, I've just already referenced digestive enzymes. So again, you and I could eat the same stuff. We could eat the same exact stuff, but I could digest it better than you just because of the enzymes that I have in my stomach. Now, I would not, I'm not making a strict recommendation here. I'd say go to a nutritionist. They know better than me. But this is why you want us to take some form of prebiotics or probiotics, again, under the recommendation of a nutritionist. This is also why people uh, recommend things like kefir or yogurt because they have uh, that type of bacteria in it. So these are things to think about and also understand this is why energy in is not as simple as uh, actual calories eaten. It also has to do with calories being absorbed. The last thing is that you absorb more energy for food uh, that is cooked. All right? I'm not saying to uh, just go eat a raw steak, but the more fresh foods that you can eat, the, the better off you're going to be. Okay, so now we're going to get into the second half of this equation. Remember, Changes in body stores equals energy in minus energy out. Now, the second part of this equation, we talked about energy in. We're going to talk about energy out. How do you get this energy out? The first one is resting metabolic rate. All right, there's four components to energy out. One of them is resting metabolic rate, and that's the calories you burn every day while at rest. That's breathing, that's thinking, 
That's just basically being alive. And 60% of your energy out comes from this resting metabolic weight. Now this is going to vary based on your body composition, your age, the bacteria, right? And it, So this can, again, vary from person to person, but if I am uh, more jacked up than you, if I have a better body composition than you, well then I'm going to have a better resting metabolic rate than you just because it's taking more to keep my, uh, I'll say my muscles alive than it is for you to keep your fat alive. So that's component number one. Component number two is this thermic effect of eating. I don't know about you, but if you've ever eaten like a, a 50 ounce steak, I remember back in the day, not once but twice, I went to something called Poor Billy's. It is now called Chris Michaels on Route 1 in New Jersey. Poor Billy's had something called the United Steak of America. It was 48 ounces. I did it twice. Actually, I've probably eaten a 50 ounce steak uh, at least 10 times in my life. But after the, both of those times, when I was a rookie, you get like those meat sweats. You start sweating. So, there is this thermic effect of eating. You burn calories by digesting your food. And you actually burn 20 to 30% of, of the calories that you eat in protein. So protein has a higher thermic effect of eating than fat does. In fat, you might burn like 3% of the calories. And carbs is like 6%. Now, I'm not telling you to go on the carnivore diet. And the person who I'm talking to knows right now, I am not saying that you need to go on the carnivore diet. Go to a nutritionist, figure out what's right for you. But I am saying that most people could benefit from increasing the protein in their diet. Getting it somewhere between, let's say, 30 and 40% of their total calories. Uh, again, everyone is specific. I would say don't try and do this. Just make this stuff up and go 80% protein. And if you think the ketogenic diet is 80% protein, you are wrong. So do research on the ketogenic diet. That is not it. But what I'm saying is if you are on an all processed food diet, that thermic effect of eating is very low. I would say to go with unprocessed food, I would try and get in about 30 to 40% protein. This is again for me, but this is a good way to increase that thermic effect of eating. The next component, so we've gone through resting metabolic rate, that was one. We've gone through the thermic effect of eating, that was two. The third one is physical activity. Now, for most people of advanced training, this is what we do, right? We work out, we sprint. We do tough men competitions. For most of us, this is a no-brainer. Nobody needs to nudge us to go to the gym. Unfortunately, most of us think that you can out-train your mouth, meaning that this one variable on the energy out conquers all. But it doesn't. It's just one component of it. And there's also a limit to it, meaning you can't work out unless you are on some sort of performance-enhancing drug that helps you recover really easily. There is a limit to the amount of physical activity you can do. And there's a limit to the amount of recovery that you can have. So if you are inflamed from working out, well, then you're going to have high stress and you're not going to burn calories. Or if you are totally shot and you get injured from working out too much, well, then you can't work out anymore. So there is a limit to this physical activity. Now, for me, what I've learned over the last few years is by thinking I can't out-train my mouth, I've actually tailored, uh, sorry, tucked back the training volume that I've had and eaten the right way and by eating right, it's amplified the effects of what I've had in the weight room. It's also helped me tremendously when I get on the scale and do my body fat. So that is the third component, physical activity. The fourth component, something that is completely overlooked, and people really don't care about this, but it's, it, I think it's important. It's called NEAT, Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. So that's things like, uh, I don't know, standing upright, 
fidgeting. Some people would call it like walking. You know, maybe that's physical activity. But for me, physical activity is what you do in the gym. The neat is basically the things that you do over the course of the day that are, I'll say, put more of a stress on you than simply just your resting metabolic rate, like standing and looking and breathing. This is actually moving around. Now, am I telling you to uh, have more fidgeting in your life? No, but I think you should get up. You should move around. I think having good posture forces you to... uh, to, to burn some calories. So these are things to think about, is that energy out is not just physical activity. To, to refresh your memory, it's one, resting, resting metabolic rate, two, the thermic effect of eating, three, physical activity, and four, NEAT. So now let's look at this entire equation again. Remember the entire equation again. Changes in body stores equals energy in minus energy out. And energy in is actually actual calories eaten, minus calories not absorbed, and energy out is resting metabolic rate, thermic effect of eating, physical activity, and NEAT. Well, man, this is okay. You said this wasn't easy, but I got it. I got it all figured out. Well, not so fast, right? So your body, while you're trying to play this game of looking good or upping your physical activity or eating differently, it actually wants to get into this homeostasis, right? It actually wants to get into this homeostasis. So let's just say that you want to decrease your energy in, right? Like, I'm a, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to eat less, right? As you do that, you act, your body actually starts to decrease the energy out, meaning that you burn fewer calories in response to eating less. Just putting it simply, right? So you think in your mind, well, I'm going to eat less, Maybe your energy in goes down, but now your energy out also goes down. So now that changes in body stores is a net zero. Or worse. Or worse. Okay. Uh, Now let's just say that you start to do the opposite. You increase your energy in. Maybe you're a hard gainer. Not many people that I know in advanced training are hard gainers. There's a few. But if you're a hard gainer, you increase your energy in, and all of a sudden uh, your energy out also increases. So now, now you got problems. Now you got problems. You're stuck in the same spot. All right, so let's take a look at what happens. Let's take this example of I increase, I decrease my energy in. Well, what hap- happens, right, as I start to take in less energy? And it also start to happen, let's say I take in less energy and I start to lose weight. I start to lose weight, but then I hit this wall. What happened? Well, let's think about the energy out portion that we said was going down. If you decrease your energy in and you've lost weight, well, now your resting metabolic rate, guess what? That goes down. It goes down because you've weighed less. And if you took energy in, if you in- decreased that the wrong way, let's just say you decided to just not eat and your muscles, muscle mass went down, well, that's not going to help your body composition either. Right? So if my body composition is lower, well, then my resting metabolic, metabolic rate is going to get worse. Also, by eating less, guess what also went down? My thermic effect of eating. Right? So that also went down. So the energy went down again the energy out went down again. Also, my physical activity, the calories burned from my physical activity also goes down because I weigh less. Let's assume that my physical activity stayed the same, but if I weighed 200 when I was doing exercise X, and then I do the same exact exercise again. Let's just say exercise X is running uh, 10 40-yard dashes. We'll keep it simple. Well, now it actually takes less energy to run those 10 40-yard dashes because I'm 10 pounds less. So my physical activity calories went down. And then my NEAT also goes down. Because now I'm eating less, so there's less. I'm just saying percentages here for this one. But you can see the point, 
all right? That energy out has also gone down, negating the impact of energy in. Now think about this. You're getting frustrated. Man, I'm eating less. I'm working out the same. What's going on? Well, this is it. This is why it's so crazy. This is why it's so crazy. And this actually gets worse as you lose more weight. So this gets even more frustrating. I've lost weight. I've hit the wall. So this is why, people, there are times, there's about a two-week period, where you can eat less and exercise more and it's going to work, but that's it. It is not the answer. It is not the, the long-term answer. Okay. Let's get into uh, what happens now when you, when, this, when you go through this. That weight loss gets reduced. The rate of weight loss gets reduced when you're in this, this world. But also, what increases? Your stress, right? I'm getting stressed out just talking about this right now. Man, eat less, working out hard. What the heck is going on? I want, I want to take that scale and throw it through the window. I want to bite my body fat meter and crash it over somebody's head. That's stress. Now, when you increase stress, what increases? Cortisol. And when you increase your cortisol levels, guess what you start to retain? Water. When you start to retain water, guess what? Your weight goes up. You look plump, right? You don't got veins popping out of your arms. And now, you're in this vicious cycle. Basically, everything you're trying to do, diet and exercise, is causing you to be stressed out and it's being negated by it. It's like trying to get down the Garden State Parkway with your foot on the accelerator and another foot on the brake, and then someone throws the parking brake on. Now, a quick little tangent again. There's a great documentary on Netflix about Ron Coleman. Ron Coleman is one of the best bodybuilders in the world, maybe ever. Right, maybe he is the best. I don't know. I'm not that much into it, but I know the guy's completely jacked up, and he won a bunch of bodybuilding titles. And the story goes that Ron Coleman was always coming in, like, 7th or 8th place. He was eating meticulously, working out meticulously. He was a guy that could not break. Finally, the, before one of the competitions, they're in some sort of training camp. This guy, he, Ron Coleman, walks into some guy bodybuilder's room, and he's eating pizza. Ron Coleman's like, what are you doing? The guy's like, man, calm down a little bit. Let loose. So Coleman has a pizza. I think he has a beer. Again, I'm not recommending this to anybody. But the guy said after that, Coleman wins the competition. I think he wins the next five or six. The story could be a little off with the details, but the general point is the same. Ron Coleman, super strict diet, won nothing. Ron Coleman relaxed a little bit, relaxed a little bit, became a world champion in bodybuilding. Now, probably talking to myself here because I'm a guy that likes to do everything right and I stress myself out over it. This is 100% why I'm retaining water. It's 100% why uh, there are certain things that I need to do in my own mind to calm down. One of them is the cheat day. That helps me out a little bit, but then on the flip side, I have a feeling of regret on Monday. So, you know, that's a nice little balance there. But the point being is sometimes you're doing everything right and it's actually fighting against you. Now, let's just say you say, you know what, I'm going to eat the same, we'll, we'll take this other scenario, I'm going to eat the same, but now I'm going to increase my physical activity. Cool, alright, now you're increasing the energy out. But let's talk this through for a second. You, you think you're increasing the energy out, but are you? Okay, well, maybe my resting metabolic rate goes down because I'm uh, super stretch, stressed. Maybe I'm super inflamed and now I, I don't have that testosterone in my body. Or... Maybe I end up getting hurt. I don't know. But maybe that, that, that PA, that physical activity, doesn't really increase that energy out all the way. But let's talk about the energy in. As you eat more, what do you think your body's going to start to crave? Yeah, more food. So maybe 
you increase that physical activity, but now you try to fuel the body for your workouts. Maybe you get that high from working out, you start eating more, and now the physical activity goes up, but the energy in also goes up, and the net effect is zero, right? So what's the moral of this whole story? Number one is that your body is going to evolve based on your age, the dieting that you've done before, where you're at in your life. One size does not fit all. I, I cringe when I hear people give black and white advice to people on dieting. And I've done it myself. And now the more I know, the more I realize I can't. I think there will be a later podcast where I give some general guidelines to people to make them relatively healthy. But to get that body composition that you really want, everyone really needs to have something tailored to where they're at in their life, what diet they can stick to. The best diet is the one you can actually follow. Uh, extreme diets, in my mind, don't work because you can't do them for the rest of your life. The diet that I want somebody to be on is the one that they can do every day. And a good diet that you can follow is way better than the perfect diet that you can't. So these are things to think about as you move past this podcast. But I'm, I am going to give a couple of, of notes all right, that can help anybody regardless of who it is. One is to eat less processed foods. We've already talked about the more processed something is, the more easy it is to digest. Number two is chew your food. Digestion starts in the mouth. Uh, you, you may eat a little less if, <laughs> if you chew your food the right way. Maybe you don't overeat. Again, energy in uh, minus energy out. There's a lot of complexities in that conversation, but I, I see no bad benefit of chewing your food. Actually, maybe you taste your food. Maybe you enjoy it. It's a problem that I've had that I don't really taste the food that I eat, especially if I love it. I'm thinking about, uh, I used to love, I still do love actually, great cheat meal. Sunday Dasher from Carvel, Heath Bar. Love it, except I never really taste it. I just look down and that cup is empty. I get a large and it's gone. God help anyone if like uh, somebody tries to put their spoon into my cup. They got mother's problems. But the point is, I'm not tasting it. It'd be so much better if I just actually enjoyed the food and tasted it for a change. Number three is I would try to add in, instead of more physical activity, and I'm assuming the people listening to this line have a legitimate workout. They have a workout program. Instead of adding more to that, I would try to add in more NEAT. So instead of doubling your quote-unquote cardio and running uh, 10 miles a day or instead of going from 10 40-yard sprints to, I don't know, 20 40-yard sprints, I would add in more neat. Not only is it going to save your joints, but maybe something like a walk would actually help reduce your stress levels. I am a big fan of walking. That's one of the only times that you're actually able to uh, reduce your cortisol levels as you're ex exercising. The last thing is to reduce your stress levels because you really don't want that buildup of cortisol. Now, there's a time and a place for cortisol. It's not the worst uh, hormone there is. But what I'm saying is you don't want to have cortisol spikes every minute of every day. You really want to have reduced stress levels, things that you can do. Uh, big fan of working on your breathing, maybe meditation at certain points of the day. I like to do it before I go to bed. I like to do it while I'm in bed. A lot of breathing through my nose, like nasal breathing and diaphragmatic breathing. The, the walk will also add to that. Because if you really think about it, that stress could derail everything you're doing 
not only from an overall health standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. If you have high high cortisol, high stress, you are retaining water, you get on that scale, and you're two pounds heavier than you weigh the day before, it is, it's, it's super frustrating. And I really do not, I don't want to hear people taking uh, water pills. That's not the answer either. That is just masking a symptom of the real problem. So, with that, I know this episode was extremely confusing. I know that most people probably shut this thing off. For the two people that have decided to listen, first of all, I commend you. Second of all, I'm just going to give a quick recap. So, changes in body stores equal energy in minus energy out. It's not as simple. It's not as simple as we all think because energy in equals actually ca- actual calories eaten, which could be wrong, minus actual calories not absorbed, which could vary based on what you eat, how you eat it, and uh, the bacteria that you have in your gut. And then the energy in is minus energy out, which has four separate parameters, resting metabolic rate, thermic effective eating, physical activity, and NEAT, non-exercise activity. And to make it all worse, as you try and play games with all these variables, your body is trying to get into homeostasis. Your body's trying to counteract uh, your less calories eaten by reducing your resting metabolic rate. It is a vicious cycle. So don't freak out. Stay calm. I am not saying that uh, you're a hero for being overweight, but what I am saying is this is not easy. I would highly recommend you go to a trained professional who can legitimately legitimately put a diet plan in place for you. I do it. Uh, I'm in a much better spot than I was five years ago. I was in a much better spot than I was three years ago by going to a trained professional who's been helping me deal with my body as it's evolved over time. If you, if you need a professional, I will highly recommend someone to you. Uh, with that, that is it. Enjoy the podcast. I'm sure your head is spinning because I know mine is. Thank you.